What up? Welcome back to another episode of the Arizona Wild Bags podcast. I am Tyler Cole, and I am your host. With Arizona football on a bye week this week, I thought it'd be a perfect time to look at Arizona basketball and do a complete preview of the team. So after going 33-4 and last season, when there were pretty much no expectations after Sean Miller's departure, it's safe to say this season there's an expectation Arizona will be good. Not exactly as good as last season after losing not just one star to the NBA draft, but three stars in Benedict Matherin, Christian Coloco, and Dalen Terry. Man, just saying those names, I'm reminded how freaking much I loved the squad last year. Now, they still absolutely have the chance to be as beloved and talented as last year's team because the departures have given guys the chance to emerge, contribute, and basically fill the void. Remember, they led the country in assists and were one of the fastest teams in the country. I mean, Tommy said that's not going to change this season. And Tommy has added a lot to this roster, and so much of it is unknown and deservedly so. I mean, they brought in Filip Borovicinen out of Serbia, Henry Vesar from Estonia, Cedric Henderson Jr. out of Campbell, and now he gets to play on Campbell Road. Courtney Ramey out of Texas, and then local Arizona Dylan Anderson, and finally, Kylan Boswell reclassifying into this year's recruiting class. The offseasons feel so incredibly long and excruciating. Thankfully, we've finally made it back to Arizona basketball with Arizona tipping off their preseason on Tuesday, November 1st against Western Oregon. The Wildcats will be the number 17 team in the country. For what it's worth, Ken Palm, who loved Arizona last year, has Arizona at number 10. They finished number 5 in his rankings last year. Now the Wildcats will have a chance to move up and make some waves this year with some challenging games early. In addition to UCLA being ranked number 8 in the country and Oregon at number 21, the Wildcats will face at least two ranked opponents this season besides that. Number 13, Indiana, in Las Vegas on December 10th and number 11, Tennessee, at McHale Center a week later on December 17th. We all remember that game in Tennessee last season and how frustrating it is. And Tennessee fans are, let's just say they're crazy. Let's just put it that way. Put it nicely. But anyways, the Wildcats will also face number 10, Arkansas, number 19, San Diego State, or number 25, Texas Tech in the Maui Invitational. They might also face Ohio State, who received votes for the top 25 and will most likely be ranked by the time that game rolls around. And that is a strong schedule right away. Since we talked last about Arizona's red and blue game, the team had media day that I kind of just want to sprinkle in a little bit when we talk about each player and take a deep dive into what this basketball team might truly be heading into this season. Tommy Lloyd said, we're in a slow build right now. So take that however you want. 
from the practice on media day, you could see it right away. Arizona is trying to become a ton more physical after being out muscled in the Houston loss and the TCU win, which was too close for comfort for just about the entire game. They were tough matchups, but that's the level of competition you need to expect to get this program back to the promised land. Now, I want to run down the starting lineup, and then we'll go into the guys coming off the bench and some of the newcomers that we're excited about. One player in particular that is working to get tougher and more physical is Azulis Tubelis. My dude, Mark Titus, on Titus and Tate mentioned, quote, this man's face was on a milk carton the entire month of March and might still be missing. Has anyone seen him? We need a picture of him with today's newspaper. I mean, how right is that? He went missing after the Wright State game. He went two for 15 combined in those games versus TCU and Houston. Last year as a whole, he averaged just under 14 points a game, six rebounds, and 2.3 assists. Now, those numbers will probably go up a tad based on the role he's projected to have, kind of playing fill in the void for some of the lost production and all of the departures that we mentioned earlier. And his shooting from three-point land went down compared from freshman to a sophomore, dropping from 31% down to 26%. Now, that has to get better. And if it does... This is obviously somebody who can realistically compete for the Pac-12 Player of the Year. Obviously, I want the three-point percentage to go up. I want him to rebound more, kind of showcase his physicality that we know he can possess because he always dunks in transition with authority and just translate that into some of your game, your rebounding. Now, he is scoring option number one, and he'll have nights where he goes off for 20-plus points. He is a very skilled player. I think we can all agree upon that. And if he can stay just consistent or even relatively consistent, it's going to go a long way of keeping the ceiling on this Arizona team pretty high. Now, Tommy said he wants to attack things with Azulis individually. He thinks he's made progress, but he still needs to pinpoint the opportunities on five and five to be tougher and eventually translate that into live basketball. Now, the next guy up for a big leap is Pella Larson. Tommy Lloyd thinks Pella Larson is an all-conference type player and wants him to have a little more belief in himself. He's got a lot to build on coming off of an impressive season last year, serving as a Pac-12 Sixth Man of the Year Award winner. He shot 36% from three and just over seven points a game last year. I'll take the over on that average. He's going to have to be one of the main scorers on this team with Tubelis. And the production's going to be there. I think he's in for a very nice jump. We saw that he got to compete at a high level in the offseason at the FIBA qualifiers over the summer against Goran Dragic, Luka Doncic, and our very own Larry Markkinen. Pella said it was a great experience. You get put in a position where you might be in the future playing against high-level athletes and grown men. Tommy Lloyd also mentioned he believes Pella Larson could push for Defensive Player of the Year in the Pac-12 and called him an elite perimeter defender. He really caught on late last year, and the coaches are excited about his potential leap next season. He's going to be one of the most important players on this roster, and I think he's in for a very nice jump as well. And the next guy I think the team's fate is going to really kind of weigh on and depend upon 
is my guy, Kirk Carissa. We love our point guards, and we love Kirk Carissa. Kerr was nursing that foot injury he suffered in the Pac-12 tournament, and he kind of really never got back to where he was over the course of last season. His numbers went up every year he's been at Arizona as he doubled his numbers from the freshman, basically month he played in early 2021 through to last year. I am so excited to see him play. I want to see him develop into one of the best guards to ever play at Arizona. I don't know if that'll happen, but he certainly could get there eventually. I love the passion and fire he plays with. He's a ball of energy for the team and just the ultimate teammate. I just want to see him go off this year. And one of the things I love about him is his never quit mentality. I mean, he can go 0 of 10 in a game from shooting and he'll still be out there shooting if we need a bucket. Got to keep shooting to break the slump. We saw his breakout game against Utah last season. And man, that guy's having nights like that. You're going to hear it from me on Twitter. You just are. Kerr got to play for his country of Estonia in Eurobasket 2022. And he got to piss off Luka Doncic, which I loved to see that as a Suns fan. I can't wait to see how he has improved, to see him ball out on a healthy foot again, and see his confidence improve. Tommy said he's easy to coach. And I'm putting the country on notice. Kerr Carissa is going to be a menace, and I'm all in on him. His backcourt co-pilot is Courtney Ramey. I say co-pilot because we're going to be flying this year. Ramey, as we know out of Texas, played for Chris Beard last season, actually called his style a slower pace and averaged 35% from three and 41% with Shaka Smart the year before in a more up-tempo pace. And that means he fits Tommy Lloyd's style and pace, which is balls to the wall, let's go full speed. So we know the shooting will be there. Now, what else does he bring? Is he a shooting guard, point guard, or a combo guard? Well, he's going to be all three in a Tommy Lloyd offense. Ramey said he's going to do whatever it takes to win. Also mentioned, he watched every game Arizona played last year. He and Kerr can play on the ball, off the ball, and I think they're going to coexist pretty well in the backcourt. Because in his press conference, Ramey talked about his relationship with Coach Lloyd and how he's excited to be in the backcourt with Kirk Carissa. He is going to add some great veteran leadership and experience to this team, having played in the Big 12 Basketball Conference for four years, said the Big 12 was a battle and called it a defensive league. In the red and blue game, my takeaway for Ramey was it was kind of hard for him to find a rhythm on the floor. I think that could be the case the first couple games at Arizona. But once he gets going and carves a role for himself on this team, fully figures it all out, I think he's going to be scrappy, change his role on a game-by-game basis, and just kind of exploiting the matchups. The last player in the starting lineup we need to talk about is Umar Bala. We talked about how he looks easily the most improved. He is in incredible shape. You can tell he's got a smoother flow to his game. He and Azulis Tubelis actually took up boxing this offseason to get faster, though they didn't fight each other. They worked on their footwork, and I think it's going to help both of them to kind of get a good offensive flow around the rim. Umar is going to take the nation by storm, in my opinion. He's got big shoes to fill for this team, having lost Christian Coloco 
really, it just comes down to being a rim protector. I mean, we saw flashes of his defensive prowess last year, and we know he's going to be a beast. I would love for him to get a free throw line jumper in his bag, but he's going to be an animal this upcoming season. And Umar was supposed to play in the FIBA World Cup qualifiers also for his home country of Mali, but players weren't getting refunded for their plane tickets to get to Mali, and it led to a big old mess where the government was funding the Federation, but the money would get lost. And so his game was canceled, and Mali had to bow out of the games. So Umar unfortunately didn't get to play for his country, and ended up making the best of just a pretty crappy situation by playing in high-level exhibition games with his older brother, who is a professional player in France. Now, two guys who are flying under the radar, Cedric Henderson Jr. and Adama Ball. Speaking of France, Adama Ball, on a loaded French roster, had to come off the bench in the FIBA under-20 European Championships because he's only 18 still. He played in seven games, but had a couple games where he went off for 15 points and got to show off his range from three going two of two and three of five from beyond the arc in each game. He went 37.9% from three, playing against guys much older than him. He added 15 to 20 pounds to his frame and has a bright future as anybody on this roster for Arizona. Much like the games for France, he's going to play a similar role for the Wildcats this year. Our instant offense off the bench, I mean, we got to see it last year in the Pac-12 championship game against UCLA, where he came in, made two three-pointers, kind of swung momentum Arizona's way, and they were able to get on a run. Tommy Lloyd said about Ball, I'm expecting him to really help the team. And he's going to be awesome. Ball can ball. Much like Cedric Henderson Jr., which... A lot of people are forgetting about having played three years at Campbell. Henderson averaged double digits every year and averages just under 14 a game for his career. He is strong, plays guard and forward. He's pretty versatile. His game is getting to the rim. A nice surprise for fans is that he shot 38% from beyond the arc as a six foot six player. That is just what this team needs, along with Ball, who is six foot seven and that's shooting for days henderson says he expects to shoot even better this year and that tommy lloyd style will allow him to play at a better pace to his game and i'm telling you already he is going to be a fan favorite like justin kyer was last year he's open to whatever role he gets at arizona and you need guys like that on a championship contender and i'm not calling arizona a championship contender right now but in general, you need unselfish guys who are just purely about winning. This preview of Arizona basketball is brought to you by ArizonaWildBags.com, where you can grab the world-famous Wild Bag Tea, made from premium fabric and 100% combed ring-spun cotton, in the official Arizona Wild Bags mug. All that and more, including articles written by yours truly, on ArizonaWildBags.com. Use code DeAndre Ayton, all one word, for 15% off all merchandise. The other ingredient you need for a championship contender is height. That's exactly what Arizona has in Dylan Anderson, Henry Vesar, and Philippe Korovicinen. 
let's take a look at them individually. Anderson is a local product out of Gilbert. He's a two-time Gatorade Player of the Year and is the fifth player ever in Arizona to win that honor twice, joining Jared Bayless, Nico Mannion, and Alex Barcelo. He's tough and physical. He can shoot the three. And he's been getting a lot bigger in the weight room and was committed to U of A just a couple days after Tommy Lloyd was hired at Arizona. He is going to be our shot blocker too, having averaged two blocks per game in his junior year and senior year in high school. He's also seven feet tall and weighs 240 pounds. I mean, he's going to be a tank. For Henry Vesar, he played for Real Madrid's youth program for three seasons before coming to Arizona, shot 35% from three. He is the youngest Estonian player to play in a FIBA qualifier. And that's right, I said Estonian. He grew up approximately 120 miles away from where Kirk Carissa grew up in Tartu, Estonia. Also, this is an international podcast, so I want to say Tere to everyone in Estonia, which means hi. Probably botched that, but they can be the judge of that. He is my pick for someone to really emerge on the scene and make waves this year. I think he's just uber talented. And what I want to see is how he matches up against other bigs in the Pac-12. He's going to have some impressive nights, and playing fast is only going to help him. Did I mention he averaged 3.8 blocks per game in the FIBA Under-18 European Challengers event? He is everything we want in a player. The other tree on this team is Filip Borovicinin from Serbia. He's a 6'9 forward with a surprisingly tight handle who hits step-back threes. He's a monster rebounder, but I'd like to see him put on more weight and be a really aggressive scorer. He's got a smooth style of game, and it'll be really interesting to see how Tommy Lloyd utilizes him, because he is a good shooter. Last, but certainly not least, we've got Kylan Boswell. He reclassified to join this year instead of next season with KJ Lewis coming in. Unfortunately, he had a stress fracture in his right foot he's been dealing with since last spring, hasn't been able to practice with the team, but Tommy Lloyd said he's hoping to have him back soon and work him back into playing at full speed. He and his family thought about redshirting, but opted not to, and let me tell you, I think that was a great decision. He gives this team depth at point guard and we're going to love watching his defense. He's a great distributing point guard who, like almost everyone on the roster, shoots a good three. Can you sense a pattern from Tommy Lloyd on his style of players he's bringing in? It's pretty much exactly what Kylan Boswell is. Boswell is likely going to operate as backup point guard once he gets going and back to full strength, but this is going to be a great learning year for him before he most likely starts next season in the backcourt. Add all of that together and you have the preseason number 17 team in the nation. Tommy Lloyd he may not have as much star power as he did last season, but collectively this team is built for some battles. Battles that they will face right away, like we mentioned earlier, such as the Maui Invitational and Indiana in Vegas. They are a team full of height, depth, and shooting. 
I can't wait to see how all the pieces fit together. But Tommy Lloyd has built himself another team that just might fly under the radar and be one of the more underrated teams in the nation. This is definitely a second weekend team in March to me. I mean, there's not a whole lot of drop-off as a collective unit as far as talent goes. And it's going to be very team-oriented, fast, and most importantly, super fun to watch just like last season. I cannot wait for this season to start. There's a reason why the U of A gave Tommy Lloyd an extension after just a year of coaching because he knows what he's doing. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this preview of what I truly love most, and that is Arizona basketball. I live Arizona basketball. If you hate it or love it, I'd love to know about it. It would help me a lot if you left a review or just DM me on Twitter at Arizona Wild Bags. Or if you're an old school kind of person, that's cool too. You can email me at ArizonaWildBags at gmail.com. And remember, Code DeAndre Ayton, all one word, at ArizonaWildBags.com gets you 15% off all merchandise. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you all soon.